we um, really get underway. Um, if um, Thank you all for wearing masks uh, and just keep those on during the service. It's just the people up front who are going to have those off. Well, I suppose one or two other people might as well. There may be some people who have got reasons why they're exempt from wearing masks. So if you see someone without one, assume that's the case. Um, we, um, we got a sort of one-way system um, just to, to help keep sort of social distancing. If you need to, the toilets any stage, head down these stairs to the toilets and then come back up those ones. Um, and later on, um, we'll get children down to the Sunday club as well. Um, there's a room at the front, the, just off the foyer, uh, which is available for mums or dads um, if they want to take young children there, and the service will be being relayed onto the screen there. So um, that would be a way of seeing it. Um, very good to welcome you into the building. Um, very good to welcome those who are joining us uh, via the live stream as well. Welcome to you. Uh, brilliant to, 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 to be able to have you with us. And huge thanks to the media team again for all that they've done to make uh, that possible. If you are new-ish um, and you, you wanted to come and join us at a welcome event online, then uh, we're running one of those soon-ish um, and there's an invite like that by the back door, just give you all the details. Uh, similarly, there's a sort of pack um, with uh, bits of information about Christchurch, and you could pick that up too on the way out. Uh, we're going to begin uh, with words from a psalm as we think about God and his great love for us. And I'm going to suggest that um, we put the words up on the screen, and then I'm going to suggest that we stand um, and uh, why don't we say these words together? So do you stand with me? Uh, we can't sing, but we can use the words from the Bible's songbook um, to speak to our God of his greatness. Let's do that together. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders, Lord your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. Uh, we praise you, our Lord God, for your mighty power and strength. And uh, we are humbled as we see that you have turned your might uh, to our salvation. Uh, we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. We'll stay standing as uh, we sing, at least in our hearts, uh, this first song together. I found the last few weeks that um, 
mouthing the words uh, without vocalising them uh, is a way that I found most helpful to sort of engage with the song. I um, don't know if that will help you. Maybe it will. take a seat again. It'd be fascinating to see when it, if, um, <coughs> if we're at this for lots of months, uh, how many new ways we find of managing to engage with uh, songs without actually singing uh, over the next few months. That'd be fun to see. I'm sure we'll come up with lots of good ideas.
Um, I was listening to the radio this morning, uh, and uh, something on it just caught my attention. Uh, little, little few comments about maps, uh, and that got me thinking. Um, maps, we younger people um, sort of, you know, may not really know what one of these is. Um, this is, in fact, a map. Uh, map of Cambridge. Uh, there we go. And um, if we track ourselves down, we can find ourselves um, somewhere just about here um, on the map. Uh, that's the way that maps work, isn't it? You sort of, you know, you have a map, shows you the world, and then you work out where you are. I'm there on this map. And actually, it's not the way that maps work now. That's what the radio was saying this morning. Uh, that's not the way we do maps now. Now we do maps like this, don't we? Uh, and we, uh, we pull up our, our Google Maps or whatever we fancy. Uh, and there it is, my little blue dot that is me in the middle. Isn't that right? And the world organizes itself around me. And when I move, the world refigures itself around me. It's no longer working out how do I get from A to B on a map. Now I work out how I get from me to B. Isn't that funny? How we have reorganized our thinking. Uh, and in all sorts of ways, that points us to the character of sin. Me at the center and the world organized around me. Well, this confession that we have now captures that idea, says to God, that's what I'm like so much of the time. At root, there's something in me that is just like that. Um, and uh, if you know that's true, and you want to admit it to God, and ask for his forgiveness, then um, you'll see. I'm going to read some words. You want to echo uh, them. When I say, Father, forgive us, you can respond by saying, save us and help us. God, our Father, we come to you in sorrow for our sins, for turning away from you and ignoring your will for our lives. Father, forgive us, save us, and help us. For behaving just as we wish, without thinking of you. Father, forgive us, save us, and help us. For failing you by what we do and think and say. Father, forgive us, save us, and help us. For letting ourselves be drawn away from you by temptations in the world about us. Father, forgive us. Save us and help us. For living as if we were ashamed to belong to your Son. Father, forgive us. Save us and help us. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters, hear uh, these wonderful words of reassurance from our God. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. For he does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, 
so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. What those verses are saying to us, they're saying that, uh, back on my map, as far as east is from west, as far as this end of the map to the other side of the map and further, as far as it is possible to be, God has removed our transgressions from us. Uh, Let me pray. Uh, Father God, how we thank you uh, that you are such a God Uh, gracious to us, full of compassion, Uh, you respond to our failings uh, with more grace. Uh, We praise you in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to continue in prayer now. Sarah is going to come and lead us as we do that. Heavenly Father, we praise you because you are a merciful and holy God. We worship you, Lord Jesus, because you have been given authority, glory, and sovereign power over all nations and peoples. We praise you, Lord Jesus, because your dominion is everlasting and your kingdom is eternal. We thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to redeem us by dying on the cross and setting us free from our sins. Thank you that we are your people with the freedom of hope in our hearts. Thank you that your word, the Bible, is true and that you are the source of wisdom. Thank you that we are safe and secure in your love. Thank you that you are always with us and your presence is light. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who guides us. Amen. Let us pray for our world. We pray for all the people in the United States who have been evacuated because of the wildfires in Oregon, California, and Washington. We pray that all these fires will be put out and for protection for the people living there. Please provide help for those who have lost their homes and comfort those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. We pray for all displaced peoples of our world. Father, please bring an end to their suffering and provide for their needs. Amen. Dear Lord, please give wisdom to the governments of our world. Guide and direct them to govern justly and wisely. And please give wisdom to our governments in all the decisions they make about Brexit and COVID-19. Amen. Let us pray for our mission partners. Today we pray for the Agnes family and for Justin as he continues to support 
members of the living room, which is a group of people who struggle with mental health issues. We also pray for the missionaries who, serving in mission, are waiting to send from and receive into the United Kingdom. We ask that they will have wisdom to know when it is wise for them to move, and we pray that they would be a blessing to the churches they become a part of, and that they help bring Jesus to communities where he is not known. Amen. Let us pray for our church, and especially our small groups. We pray for new people joining Christ Church, that they would feel welcome. Please help the leaders to teach your word clearly and to provide pastoral care. We pray for unity and that we would encourage one another in our faith. We pray for our church to grow in our love for the Lord. Amen. And lastly, we pray for any who are anxious, lonely, ill, or bereaved. Father, please comfort them with your presence and give them your peace. We ask all these prayers in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. <clears throat> Good to uh, express our dependence on God uh, by praying to him. Um, a few things of information for children head downstairs. Uh, the annual church meeting uh, should have happened in April, uh, like lots of things uh, got postponed. Uh, so we're going to run it on the 14th of October. And uh, bizarrely, it's going to be online. That'll be a strange experience for all of us, I guess. But it does mean that we'll all be able to be there simultaneously, um, which is necessary for voting and so on that's going to be taking place. Um, it's a meeting where we put into place leaders, church wardens, uh, leaders on our church council uh, who carry both legal but also spiritual responsibility um, for the life of the church family. If you think God might be calling you into a role like that, then um, do get in touch. Um, David or Rachel or I could link you up with somebody who's done a similar role before so that you could find out whether or not that is uh, what you might <coughs> offer to do. And then at the meeting, uh, if necessary, we'll be voting uh, people into those roles. Um, to do that, you need to be on the electoral roll. If you've in the parish or you've been around for six months, then you can be. We'd love you to be. A uh, form like that on the way out downstairs, you'll find. You could fill in, drop back in next week, um, which I think is the last Sunday that you can do that um, before we finalize the names on the roll. Uh, just before that, um, Sunday the 4th of October, if I got the dates right, um, we're having another of these Tackling Life events. Um, David is going to interview Tamar Pollard. Um, we're just hearing how the Christian life is being lived out in various people's uh, experience and circumstances. Uh, Tamar has an extraordinary story uh, of um, forgiveness in the face of the murder of her father. Um, and uh, we'll be hearing about that. So <clears throat> make a note to come, uh, invite others if you think that they would find that interesting and helpful. Um, last up, particularly for those uh, who are viewing from home, um, there'll be Zoom coffee uh, straight after this uh, meeting 
if you haven't got the details in an email already, email um, the email address you'll find on the screen or on the website, and we'll let you know uh, the login details for that Zoom chat. We're going to pause now, let um, children who are heading to Sunday Club to do that. Um, Darren's got some great stuff ready downstairs. Um, head down downstairs to find that. Um, the rest of us will just pause for a moment. If you're close enough to be able to chat to somebody nearby in a suitably socially distanced way, you can do that. And uh, Michael's going to be speaking on these next two um, Sundays from that. Um, so Tiris is going to read first James I'm still reading from Tiris after Daniel 7, verses 13 to 14, and Matthew 8, verses 18 to 26. Daniel chapter 7. Verse 13. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then the teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. 
another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Tell us, um, tell us where you're from originally. Um, from Maryland. Splendid. Um, and three years in Bible College, um, and we've been in Cambridge these last couple of months. Um, it's a weird time, isn't it, um, for the rise of Christianity? Uh, have you looked after your discipleship and your teaching? Yeah, it's, it's really nice to be treated and helped to adapt to such a different environment. I think it's hard for most people to get used to the culture of Christianity. Um, yeah, we, we post our relationship. wondered about yourself. Being a Christian means following Jesus. And that's what the Sunday school model group does in our time together on Sundays. And it's so important. But actually, the Jesus model for our youth uses the term following to follow Jesus. Which is amazing. That we can't be called the righteous by considering we follow him. We will be called the righteous. And this last week, we were thinking about who was Jesus called. This week,
Hold on to that. And now we're moving to the second person Jesus encounters. The devoted disciple, we could call him. And Jesus says to the devoted disciple, following me must come first. Following Jesus must come first. Back to the lakeside, Jesus commands his followers to go with him across the lake. And another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. This is a disciple, Matthew tells us, unlike the first guy. And his request seems very reasonable, doesn't it? Notice he doesn't say, Jesus, no, I'm not going to follow you across the lake. No, he says, Jesus, I will follow you, but, but first, let me go and do this. Let me do right by my family, take care of this important thing. Seems reasonable. But again, Jesus doesn't reply as we might expect. Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. This is Jesus' strong way of saying, following me must come first. 
And I'm sure we've all heard people say some outrageous things in our time, but how about this? Scandalous. Imagine what you'd be thinking if you were their son. Not just my half the bearing my father, even my family would be thinking, what can I do? And you're telling me to follow Jesus instead? What do you think? Who do you think you are? Which, which is the key question we're meant to be asking. We need Jesus to be demanding this kind of crazy devotion. I was chatting with, with a guy at the gym about this passage, and he said, following me must come first. That's the kind of thing cult leaders say, people like Jim Jones. And it's wrong for a man like Jim Jones to say that kind of thing. And it would be wrong for Jesus to say that kind of thing if he's just a man. But what if he isn't? What if he is God in the flesh? The Lord, like his disciples called him. If he's not, then it's completely wrong for him to say this. But if he is, that, that changes things, doesn't it? If he is God in the flesh, then it's completely right for him to say that following him must come first. But who is Jesus? That's the key thing to sort out. If you're not sure, then get in touch. We'd love to help you investigate. Christians are convinced that Jesus is Lord. But then we see what the devoted disciple does, don't we? We see what he does. He calls Jesus Lord and then immediately gives Jesus a demand. Jesus, let me go and bury my father. Easy. But look deeper. Jesus is giving him a command. Follow me across the lake. And it's like the devoted disciple says to Jesus in that, Lord, I hear you, but I want to do this other thing first. Um, I want to follow you, but I just can't prioritize it right now over this thing. I wonder if that resonates with you. It does with me. We love ruling our lives, calling the shots, setting the agenda. So we try to soften Jesus' lordship, seeing his words not as commands to be followed, but as advice to consider. Negotiating with him. Jesus, I'll follow you if it fits around my agenda. If it fits around this other thing I'm committed to. And Jesus is saying to us that following him won't work like that. Jesus told us, if you're going to follow me, it must come first. Jesus says, he insists on setting the agenda. You know, we, we can't be a casual Christian who follows Jesus on the side. He doesn't give us that option. He says we have to be Lord or not. He either is our Lord or he isn't. But he won't take second place. And if we resist that, there is a clue here that Jesus' lordship is good for us. That, uh, that play on words, let the dead bury their own dead. Jesus is talking in a pretty unflattering way about those who don't follow him. Maybe that's where we think the action is, people who live their own way without Jesus. But Jesus is saying they're dead, spiritually lifeless. No, it's following him that brings real lasting life. More on that next week. But let me come back to that question I asked earlier. I don't know who the person or what thing is that you're most devoted to. 
but I reckon it's not a bad thing like arson or fraud. I reckon it's a good thing. And I ask because, well, when the devoted disciple says, Lord, first let me go and bury my father, he's revealing what's first in his heart, what he's most devoted to. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's family. But there's a problem if that good thing gets in the way of following Jesus. And if I insist on fitting following Jesus around it. And I haven't been around that long, but but I've seen a few people refuse to become Christians or, or stop going as Christians. And in the vast majority of cases, it's that they might have called Jesus Lord, but but something else came to be first in their hearts. A career, a relationship. And Jesus is saying that following him has to come first. There's a line in, in the song that we're going to, well, to sing. Thou and thou only be first in my heart. Uh, maybe we can sing it here in the building, but we can pray it. That following Jesus would come first. Jesus calls us to costly commitment. We don't know how these individuals responded. And how we respond is up to each of us. We are told at the end, verse 23, Then Jesus got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Let's have a moment of quiet to reflect, and then we'll, uh, we'll join our next song. Our final song, Be Thou My Vision. Let's reflect.
thank you for coming this morning. Um, it's easy, isn't it, um, to think of all the things that are not the same. Um, so we're going to depart now, head down these stairs, and I'm going to tell you that uh, if you would like to uh, gather in the group, I think I have a um, text for everybody, and I will tell you what you can put in the booth. Um, you could sort of find one or two others, maybe, and head down. It's a lovely day. Head down and come out um, with, with uh, quite a bit lovely to see. But, but even though there's lots of things you've not been able to do this morning, uh, understand that there is one thing that you have been able to do, and, and that is being able to encourage other people to step into their gifts. Just by being here, uh, you've encouraged others around you, and don't underestimate that. Um, thank you for joining us from home as well. You encourage us by knowing that you're there, even though we can't see you. Uh, and uh, do remember that to remind us of the fact that you're here. Uh, I'm going to close with some final words from uh, Frederick Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the God of peace.